Here we are again on a better day this time. I'm pleased to say uh, with a little update on the Manx Radio Grass Bank project where we're trying to allow it to re-naturalise, I suppose, go back to a wildflower meadow by dint of not cutting it back all the time and giving it some treatment. So I'm back here with Hannah again and with Andre today, which is nice for a wander around because here we are now uh, at the very beginning of June where everything's looking really lush, Hannah, and uh, considerably less windy and cold than the last couple of times when we were here. Yes, I think this is the least windy it's ever been while I've been here, <laughs> which is saying something. Um, but yeah, it's all looking great. It's all shot up and there's some really nice spots of colour in it. And yeah, everything looks very green and lush. And more to the point, I think, because we did uh, earlier in the year, you brought along some yellow rattle seeds, which you'd uh, harvested from elsewhere, and we kept them in the drawer in the beginning. I can't remember now when we did it, because they need a bit of cold, really, to sort of get them going. So we came out on what turned out to be quite a windy day (laughs) uh, and put them around, basically trying to hoof them into the ground, making little holes, pushing them down, and hopefully a bit of water then, which did actually rain shortly afterwards. And then we haven't had a super cold winter, so I I don't know whether that goes in their favour. However, we have seen at least one yellow rattle plant at the top there. Yeah, we've seen we've seen one. I mean, we sowed them back in September, I believe. And I was I was thinking of them over winter. I remember when it was snowing, and I was thinking, "Oh, yellow rattle, it's snowing. Come on, wake up!" Um, but yeah, we found one so far. But I mean, it's worth saying that you know it's it's a relatively big space, and the you know it's quite the grass is quite long, so I'm sure there could be more than one hiding in there somewhere. But yet one is what we've managed to find so far. Well, we'll keep wandering around. We've got Andre here as well, who's been that he's braving the shorts as well, which is a good man. So it's <laughs> Hannah, very brave. Um, so projects like this, it's um, in a way, it's sort of um, uh, sort of more neglect and less sort of worrying about mowing all the time to actually start these things off. I guess oh, there's plenty to worry about. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you're on the start of a journey, um, rather than having achieved something. Um, you, you've got to the point now where you've got the start of a meadow and now you've got to worry about how to make it amazing um, so loads to worry about which species to put in exactly when to cut it when to not cut it which bits to cut which bits to not cut what are the good things what are the bad things um, yeah loads to worry about don't worry <laughs> he's inspired me with confidence okay, okay here we are in June then so looking around we've got a little bit of yellow rattle you've been having a little bit of a, a, a pond around so there's already I mean, they've probably been here for a while, but a few things, obviously, things everyone would recognise. There's some docks nicking around, there's some thistles, there's uh, some, I think, a bit of vetch, there's dandelions knocking around. Anything else of interest that's caught your eye, just a little pal around? Yeah, so the most exciting thing you've got here is probably something that was already here, which was bird's foot trefoil. And that's one of those big engines of biodiversity, supports lots of insects. Um, The most noticeable one is the common blue butterfly, which I can see two from here. Um, So common blue butterfly um, uses bird's foot trefoil as a food plant. And it's a very beautiful yellow, golden yellow flower. Um, From here I can see at least one oxide daisy and I can see some bladder campion. I can see knapweed. Um, It's all still quite grassy, so the grass is definitely outnumbering the wildflowers. But what you want, you've got a lot of. There are are a few things that you haven't got. Um, So I'm not seeing any big meadow buttercups. um, And I'm not seeing red clover. Now, if we could get those two in, I think we'd be on a winner. So 
it's again, it's a case of trying to over a period of time. It's a long game. Uh, it's not something that's going to happen over a matter of weeks and months. We're talking about what a year, two years, three years, and it's a case of trying to weaken the grass and allow some of the more of the wildflowers to come through. Absolutely. At the moment, the grass is still quite vigorous, um, but a few times of cutting and collecting the hay, taking the hay off, that will reduce the, the kind of critical fertility of the site. Um, and as the fertility comes down, the grass weakens. And when the grass weakens, that's when the wildflowers will start seeding themselves around. And kind of the whole thing takes care of itself and you have to stop worrying at that point because you've achieved something. <laughs> I'll try not to worry too much. And now I was just mentioning before when we came out here, here uh, on the back of Manx Radio, and I'm sure a lot of other sites people might be doing this, there's a good sort of swathe of thistles over the far side. Now, they can be problematic. Are they the sort of thing you should just think, well, just leave them? Or is it better to try and uh, cut them down again uh, before they flowered? So thistles are a mixed bag. One is they're really unpleasant to walk through. And if you've got a meadow in a garden, I think one of the things about a garden meadow would be enjoyable. Uh, you want it to be enjoyable to walk through. And I guess thistles aren't. Um, thistles are amazing for wildlife. The flowers are full of nectar, full of pollen, and the plants themselves support a lot of insects. So yes, they're good for wildlife, but they don't look always that fantastic. Um, and probably in a small garden meadow or a small sort of amenity space, I would probably say that maybe the thistles are better off kind of further afield in wilder places. Okay, so maybe if I get out then and keep some of them back and do a sort of halfway house then, take some of the worst close to the, uh, close to the path down there, leave some a bit further down for the wildlife, go for a sort of a half and half approach i think that sounds like a good and, and reasonable approach yes and then we were talking about sort of mowing this year so this is the first year we did the um we didn't mow it last year we left it until the end of the year hacked straight back then or as far back as we could towards the end of the year and raked it off hannah and i came out with the uh the yellow rattle later on so this year we've just left it so far we're just going to trim around the borders when do we need to think about or people doing something similar this year when would you say we need to actually crop the whole me meadow again here now it's probably earlier than you think the tradition on the isle of man would be cut after timwall day and i'd say that's really appropriate so middle of july would be brilliant for this meadow um, if you leave it too long then the grass will just start to get really thatchy really tall you'll start to fall over um, and become really difficult to cut and manage and you'll end up with quite a thatchy um, meadow where plants like yellow rattle and the uncompetitive wildflowers would really struggle to come through so cut it and cut it really short around July and then probably just top it once or twice in the winter with your last topping just being before the yellow rattle germinates around the middle of March. So if in the middle of March it's got its last cut, then it's good to go for next spring. But in future years, you can cut less. So as your fertility declines and the fatchiness and the vigour goes, um, then you could probably have a longer and longer season. So leave your first cut until August and then potentially September when it's really, really established. Okay, so really, so short back in size in sort of Timwall Day-ish, somewhere around the first week of July and then through the rest of the summer, what, just a bit of a sort of bit of a trim? Um, certainly um, during the winter, just one or two trims during the winter. I mean, you might find that if you cut it in July, some of the plants will bounce back and try and give you a bit of a second flowering. So you might find that it, you get a little bit of a, a second shot at a meadow, um, kind of around September time. Okay, and time-wise then on a project like this, we're we talking five years, more, less? 
It does depend a lot on the soils. You've got a little bit of clay content in the soil, which means that there'll be a little bit of um, stubborn fertility to get rid of. I've never found that three years of cutting and removing doesn't take off all the excess fertility. I'm sure there are places where it does take longer, but looking at this site, two or three years, and I think it will be as good as it's ever going to get on a fertility basis. That's terrific. And I have to say, I mean, the thing is, I suppose, it's the sort of thing anyone can do. And the areas here, there's another amenity site which doesn't belong to Manx Radio, just across the other way of the drive, where that is, as are a lot of green sites, that's mowed down by a whole load of guys who come up and just sort of mow it and leave it every year but it's hacked down personally i think the actual longer grass in the wild it already actually looks a bit better to my eyes and seems to be a bit more wildlife friendly than the the sort of the standard green which we see just being mowed down with the grass blowing around every sort of two or three weeks of the summer yeah and i think the best tip i can give you is always have a grass collector when you're mowing your grass if you have a grass collector then what happens is the nutrients will slowly reduce and you'll go from a very grassy kind of lawn to a sort of a dandelion and daisy lawn particularly at this time of year the daisy lawns are looking great um, and having a daisy lawn instead of a very grassy lawn i think it's an absolute winner there we go good start hannah so uh, yes on the road as they say so um yeah we could um keep our eyes open for anything else that through the summer i guess uh, see if anything else pops up see if any more yellow rattle actually flowers which would be quite nice and uh, we could maybe this back end see if we could put a bit more in yeah, definitely. I think I've got some more yellow rattle seeds, so we can definitely give it another go. I think Andre said last time we visited that he even had some plug plants that he could suggest. So it might be that we even um, take a look at that in the future at some point. Um, but I think, yeah, keeping an eye on it, um, I could come back after you've cut it to see if anything does have that sort of that uh, second flowering. And yeah, just keep, keep an eye on it and see how it goes. Excellent. So there you go. If you're following this, uh, that's where we're up to. If you're trying to do your own thing, well, why not have a go? You know, it's a case of really just, as you say, as Andre says, plenty to worry about, but in a way, not as much work generally cutting it down. And hopefully over a period of a few years, you're just going to get a much more natural, much more pleasant environment around wherever you are, your workplace or your house or your garden or your meadow. And it's going to be so much more biodiverse and attract so many more insects as well it's just a, a win-win situation in many ways so um, yeah we'll report back a bit later in the end seek and ye shall find as they say and so after uh, we had a little chat there looking at the grass bank and the project and have a little paddle around we spent a few more minutes going down and Hannah we actually our efforts weren't in vain it seems because there was more yellow rattle. We found loads. Yay. Which was terrific. So there was little clumps. So there was a clump definitely which we would have planted in the middle. There was six or seven or eight plants. Uh, Andre paddled round again and just above where we're standing now. There's a little bit in flower. The one bit uh, which is in flower at the moment. Uh, and where we're standing right down at our feet as we were just heading back to the cars. Uh, we found <laughs> another little plant where's just down here hey. of yellow rattle areas. Which I think, you know what, I certainly didn't plant down here. I don't know whether you did. I, that might mm. be one of the seeds that blew in the wind and so. just got lodged under a stone. <laughs> and... As is often the case in nature, you know, it'll find a way. And so here's one right next to the path in the most stony, scrabbly soil you can imagine. You wouldn't think anything of growing it, but there it is. And uh, with a flower bud on, so fingers crossed we'll allow it to flower, hopefully get more seeds, and it'll hopefully come and parasitize more of the grass there and uh, do its bit, hopefully over the years. So, yeah, we didn't do our work in vain on that windy day. Marvellous. <laughs> no, we didn't. Hooray. <laughs> Great.